is episode 119 of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Hey, Pastor, thanks for joining me today. It's good to be with you. Hey, I want to talk to you today about funerals. Oh, this is going to be a happy episode. Exciting, too. No, funerals. These are the necessity of ministry. It's something that we we have to do, but it's something that we get to do. There's not a harder time in a person's life, likely, than at the funeral of a loved one. Having to go through the grief and the loss. And Pastor, we get to be there. I was thinking through some of the stories over the years, over the decades, and my, my first memory was Ray's brother. Ray was a guy in my church, and his brother, while my senior pastor was on vacation, his brother committed suicide. He was a Vietnam War vet, and he ended his life, and I had no idea how to encourage Ray and his wife. I mean, here his brother had just died, and he was in his 40s, and and he killed himself. And I was a young pastor, and I, I didn't know what to do with that, and I didn't know how to encourage Ray. So what I did is I, I went to the grocery store, and I picked up those little tiny packets of tissues, right, those little ones you could put in your pocket, and then a bunch of Tic Tacs. And when I went over to visit Ray and his wife that day before the funeral, I gave them the tissues and the Tic Tacs because I said to them, you know, you're probably going to be up close with people today and there's probably going to be a lot of tears. So I don't know if this helps, but it's something I could do. And I gave it to them and, and that really made an impact on them. And they, they thanked me years later when I left the church. They said, hey, you know what we remember? We remember the tissues and the Tic Tacs. And it, it was, you know, I'm thankful that God gave me the idea to do that. But it was something that I realized afterwards, just a practical, encouraging, helpful thing made a difference. I, I remember about that same time Tony's brother died in a car accident. He was reaching for something down by the floor of the passenger side, and he ran into something and a sudden impact, and he was gone. This was also while my senior pastor was away on vacation. And I had the funeral, and I remember his brother was in the casket, and he had a white T-shirt on, and he had a pack of cigarettes rolled up in his left shirt sleeve. You know how they used to do that. I think it was even a, a box of Marlboros. And I remember thinking, how can I love this family? How can I minister to them at this difficult time? I remember Charlie's wife, when she passed away, I showed up at the house, and she had had cancer. She'd had it for a while. And she was she was old. I thought it was so old at the time. She might have been 70. And I remember going into her room, and she had passed away, and Charlie wanted me to go in with him. And there was his, there was his wife, and she was just a whisper of herself. And I remember a couple days later at the funeral service at the church, walking in and walking up to the casket, and I could not believe it looked like she looked a year earlier. And I thought, that's what funeral directors and their staff do. They bring that person back to a to an appearance of something that can be displayed. Now, you, you may have your thoughts about all of that. It's kind of strange, and it's a weird cultural thing that we do. But I remember it made an impact on me as a young pastor, the difference 
from the time I saw her in her bed passed away to the time I saw her in the casket. Now, I can talk to pastors like this. I don't talk about this stuff with normal people, right? They don't really get it. I remember when uh, when this guy's wife passed away, and he wanted to go see her, but he wanted to go see her like the day after she died. And I remember going with him to the funeral home, and we walked out around back down the hill to this door in the lower level of the back of the funeral home, and we walked in, and this was not for public view. And we went in, and his wife was just covered up with a white sheet. And I remember standing there with him while he looked at her and grieved and thought, wow, this is what ministry is. I never thought I'd be doing something like this. I remember when I showed up at a guy's house and and his wife was passed away right there in the living room and trying to bring some sense of of understanding to that for that family. I remember the one of the COVID funerals that I had to do. I had to drive to a town that's about an hour away from here. I'd never been there before. And I remember getting close to the town and I thought, okay, now I need to grab my phone and let it guide me to the funeral home. And I reached over for it and realized, oh my goodness, I left my phone at home. And I thought, okay, well, we're back in the 1980s again. So I pulled into town and there was a McDonald's. And I walked into McDonald's early on a Saturday morning, and there were the, you know, the old guys sitting around a table. And I just walked up to them and say, hey, guys, uh, I left my phone at home. Do you know where such and such funeral home is? Oh, yeah. And they told me. I drove right to it. Didn't, didn't waste any time. Didn't go out of my way. But I got there early. I got there early before the viewing and the visitation time because I hadn't met with this family. This was a family that was in distress, in crisis. Their dad had died of COVID, and it was unexpected, and it was sudden. And so I needed to meet with them. So I got there extra early so I could meet with them early when they got there. And then I had to sit through an hour and a half of the visitation. And so, and I didn't have my phone with me, right? So I couldn't do any emails or process any communication or anything like that. So I simply sat, I read the scriptures, and I prayed. And then I got up and I spoke to a group of people that I had never met before, and I tried to bring comfort and the hope of Jesus into their lives. And that was an opportunity that I had that day. I remember when my dad passed away, and I had always thought all my life, you know, I'm going to end up doing my dad's funeral. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Well, I did it. I did it because I knew that my dad would want me to do it. And I did it for my mom, and I did it for my family. And what I didn't expect was all of my dad's siblings were there. There were six of them. And I basically introduced myself to his family as an adult. Now, this was not that many years ago, actually seven years ago, but they had never seen Jeff as a pastor. Well, now I was 52 and got to share the gospel of Jesus with them, and they all got to know Bill's son in a different way. And I remember the oldest in the family, my Aunt Margaret, she said to me that day, she said, Jeff, you are going to do my funeral because you did Bill's, you did your dad's, you did a great job, you're going to do my funeral for me. I'm going to set aside money to fly you to New York to do that. And it wasn't a year and a half later, I was doing Aunt Margaret's funeral. And then a couple years later, my mom's funeral. But you know what? There's this letter that I have that I got almost 20 years ago, 2003, it's dated. And this was an older lady who had lived with her sister, I think, 
all their lives. And she had passed away, and she didn't have anybody, no help, and she called the church, and she asked if a pastor could do the funeral for her sister. And I remember going into that situation, and and always my goal is, how can I help? How can I bring encouragement? How can I make a really bad day just a little less bad? That's my goal, to bring the hope of Jesus and to bring comfort and encouragement and help to a to a family that's hurting. So I was leaving my church in New York, and she found out about it, and she didn't attend our church, but she sends me this letter that I got in the mail just before I left. And I want to read it to you. Here's what it says. Dear Pastor Katie, it's been a year since you since you conducted my sister's funeral, Henrietta F. Stevens. You didn't know her or me, but you made that day bearable due to your compassion and thoughtfulness. The reason for this letter is to thank you for what you did for me and my family and my sister's funeral. May God bless you and your family, and I'm sure he has big plans for you. My prayers and best wishes will be for you and your family. God bless. Sincerely, Catherine Ringer. And the lines that mean the most to me is she said, you didn't know her or me, but you made that day bearable. And then she said, I'm writing to you to thank you for what you did for me and my family at my sister's funeral. And I thought, that is exactly what I wanted to do. I just wanted to help them get through that time. I wanted to be I wanted to be Jesus with skin on, right? And I wanted to be there to help. So, Pastor, today I, I tell you those stories because I don't know, you may be doing a funeral this week. You may be doing a funeral next week that you don't know anything about. In fact, nobody knows anything about it yet, right? That's how this happens. You're going to be able to bring hope, to bring love, just your presence in your support of a family in those times and in those days can be so helpful. Pastor, you can help people during their greatest times of need. And I encourage you to step into that and do that and know that you're making a difference when you get into it. I know sometimes it's hard. Some of you, they're the, that's the worst thing for you. you. You hate doing funerals. And some of you, like me, you know what to do at a funeral and you love moving in with, with hope and compassion and empathy to make a terrible situation just a little less terrible. So, Pastor, I hope that uh, the next time you have opportunity to do this, you walk into it with confidence and with expectancy that you can bring hope and the gospel and the love of Jesus into that environment. God bless you. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you tomorrow on the Coaching for Pastors podcast.